Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. New Year's resolutions. And I think we can all say, you know, that with resolutions comes a lot of goal setting towards the physical body. So whether it's getting back in shape or losing weight or just some aspect of getting fit in the new year. And we can all, you know, recognize that the gyms are packed in January. But what if we imagined for a moment that there was such thing as a brain, a gym for our brains, a brain gym. So what would that look like? And what classes would be taught? Maybe what exercises would we do for our brains in the brain gym? And yeah, how would we exercise our brains? So I think this topic is particularly apropos at the end of a year where mental health has been pushed to its limits in many cases. And we will link to some statistics in the show notes. But that's what Angie and I will be talking about this month. There's always so much attention placed on our physical bodies, but what about that little three pound thing in our heads that runs the whole show? So we'll be talking about different aspects of brain health, why it's important to care for our brains, and what are some practical ways for taking care of them and exercising them and keeping them in good shape. So in this vein, we've invited a dear friend of ours on the show today, Meredith Wiedemer, to discuss our first topic, which is gut health is brain health. So Meredith, welcome to the show. Annalie, Angie, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the Brain Basement. Yes, we're great. Happy New Year. Thank you, Happy New Year. We're so glad that you'd be here with us. And yeah, I love, where can, when can I, where can I sign up for the uh, brain exercise uh, program? Is there a yeah. gym? The How much, gym. what's the yearly membership? Yep. Sign-ups happen today and they end, <laughs> they end today too. So like <laughs> hours. <laughs> oh, but I actually really wish there was one, but. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. This is it. So, um. Just to start off, Meredith, I'd love for you to give us an introduction of who you are and the work sure. you do. <clears throat> so yeah, I'll give a little bit of a background. So I am an integrative health coach and um, I'll give you a little bit of background before I go into what that is, just so you kind of, you know, your listeners sort of know who I am and, um, you know, I wasn't always in the health and wellness field. Um, like many of us, sometimes we change careers late in life or they're ever evolving. Um, so like I said, my professional background hasn't always been in wellness, um, but I've always really been passionate about food and eating well and staying active. And um, early in my teens, I think is when I first started becoming aware of what I ate. Like many teens, you sort of 
develop a body image and you become aware of who you are. And uh, in the early 90s, I became a vegetarian and it wasn't very popular back then. Um, and I, I became one for, for many reasons, but um, you know, there's always been health trends throughout the years. And I think my dad always sort of thought it was a phase um, and it really, but, but it stuck with me. I realized that it was the right thing for my body and um, it just has continued to work for me um, and my personal self. So I, I've always sort of had an interest um, and I was in investment banking and living in New York City, and I, I can't even remember how, but I, I sort of was going out a lot and not living the healthiest lifestyle, I guess you could say, like many in their early 20s, and uh, someone had lent me a book um, by an author, and her name was Chris Carr, and um, she, the book was called a Crazy Sexy Diet, or Crazy Sexy Diet. And basically, she was someone in her 20s. She had been suffering from cancer, all these different health issues. And her book basically covers her journey of, I don't want to say curing herself from cancer because she, she did utilize and, and utilize support from, from modern medicine, but she revamped her life. She revamped her outlook on life. She specifically revamped her diet. You know, she stopped eating processed foods and um, she was really depressed and she, she just, like I said, revamped her life and she spoke a lot about the science and, you know, when you take a bite of food, it's not just taking a bite of food, having it taste good. And then, you know, maybe 24 hours later coming out, but there's a lot that actually goes into, you know, what you put in your body and how that impacts your, um, you know, everything that goes on inside. So I continued to stay interested and, um, had kids and, was super busy with that and, and always sort of did self-studies and I ended up moving abroad. Um, you know, my husband's job took us abroad over the last several years. Um, so, uh, we are expats similar to yourself. Um, so, you know, part of that also is moving around a lot and, you know, coping with change and, um, with that can come anxieties, you know, moving around, how do we deal with that? Um, new cultures, new ways of eating, um, the things that you're used to eating, your comfort foods at home, um, healthy foods at home that are, you know, maybe in the United States or wherever your home country is, you know, are completely changed um, when you move abroad. So that's a huge thing um, that I've sort of learned to adapt with um, over the last couple of years. But um, I finally had the time to go back to school um, later in my life and um, became an integrative health coach. And what that basically means is it's a little bit different than a nutritionist. While we do work um, with clients on diets, we do mostly look at um, an individual that we're working with from a holistic perspective. Um, so we don't just say, okay, you're trying to lose weight, cut your calories, um, you know, reduce your carbs, you know, eat less candy and you will lose weight and exercise more. Um, for us, it's a much more holistic perspective. So we do look at nutrition, we do look at exercise, but we also look at your whole life, you know, um, your relationships, your spirituality, um, your happiness at work or with your education. Um, and we really look at it from a bio-individual perspective. So, um, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for another. And, um, so that's really what I've become passionate about. And I do work with clients on various health issues um, 
and including, uh, you know, people who are, you know, battling with the daily grind, um, some mental wellness or mental health issues, people who are just sort of finding themselves in a rut, in a brain fog, um, and you just sort of feel stuck. Mm-hmm. And like you sort of said at the beginning, you know, 2020, I think has a lot of people reevaluating this feeling of being stuck. And, and a lot of us are physically stuck, not just mentally stuck, but physically stuck and um, are trapped, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think this is a really great way to kick off the year, um, sort of covering this, you know, this topic. So hopefully that covers my background. <laughs> yeah, no, and I love hearing kind of, um, more of the details of, you know, your background and also what an integrative <clears throat> coach is. I think it's been around for a while, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a lot of people are still unfamiliar with mm-hmm. integrative health. And um, so I love that you covered that. And um, also just this idea that, you know, this is kind of cyclical, our health. And like you said, the impacts of last year are it's kind of hard to track like what came first, you know, does it start with our brains and kind of faulty thinking or are we physically doing things to our bodies that impact our brains? So mm-hmm. I think it's just interesting to. Yeah. It's like what that. came first, the chicken or the egg sort of like yeah. you just insinuated the, to. Yeah. And they all just impact each other so much. Um, so that's great. Thanks for that. And I just yeah. want to interject here that this this episode today will be a two-part series. So, um, so if you're listening, stay tuned for the, the second um, episode after this, because um, we'll, we'll include information in both. So my first question, just to kind of get it out there, um, yeah. and we'll, we'll kind of backtrack after this, just a yes or no question, like, does what we eat really impact the brain? Yes. Absolutely. It's an easy one for me. It's a no brainer, no pun intended. (laughs) And I just like, even just that concept, like as basic as it is, it's a little bit mind blowing. And I'm just excited to explore that. So, so let's back it up and kind of talk about what brain health is. Why is it important? Like, why should it be a priority to Mm -hmm. take care of our brains and what happens when we do, what happens when we don't? That's there's a lot there, but kind of let's move in. Yeah, that. so definitely. So I mean, I'm just gonna sort of hit you with a fact, yeah. um, and it's alarming, um, but I think it should be a wake up call to anyone who's, um, you know, sort of living. Is that um, there's about roughly 50 million Americans that suffer from depression um, currently, and that's just Americans and. I want to link that also to about 5 million suffer from Alzheimer's and that number is expected to increase to 11 million within 30 years. And, you know, I don't want to start out so doom and gloom, but I think, you know, it's, those are both things, both depression as well as Alzheimer's. And you may not, you know, we're going to talk about it, but you may not immediately think of Alzheimer's when it comes to your mental wellness, right? You sort of think, it's so sad, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is plaguing a lot of people of our older generation. Um, you know, so, you know, it's sad, but, but what does that have to do with me? You know, I hear people say, oh, it's just sort of inevitable. People are living longer these days. Um, it's sort of inevitable that, 
you know, people of our grandparents' age, you know, are probably going to develop Alzheimer's. Um, but there is a lot of emerging research because Alzheimer's is a relatively newer disease, um, is that it is now suggesting that Alzheimer's begins developing about 30 years before any major symptoms occur. Wow. So, you know, why am I bringing these two up together, depression and Alzheimer's? And, you know, there, there's researchers and there's something like 74,000 brain scans that people are studying um, to sort of figure out, you know, what is causing, causing Alzheimer's. And there is very, very strong evidence showing that one of the ways to prevent Alzheimer's is to eliminate depression. And, um, you know, there are a lot of links. Alzheimer's prevention includes, you know, reducing obesity, risk of heart disease, diabetes, um, and sleep apnea. But like we'll sort of talk about now is that it is all connected. You know, oftentimes people who are dealing with one of those issues are also dealing with another. And if they're not, and they sort of stay on the same path, there's a good chance that they're going to be, you know, dealing with um, other health issues down the line. Um, so all five of these issues that I just mentioned sort of go hand in hand. Um, and giving our brain a chance to operate at its best will help you not only feel good in the moment or tomorrow or next month or next year, but really, you know, focusing on your mental health, um, you know, focusing on your mental wellness, taking care of your brain, um, will help you sleep better, retain information, improve your memory, um, think clearly, develop patience, creativity, make better choices. I mean, the list really goes on and on. Um, and those are sort of immediate things. But what I really want to try to do is stress that sort of overall, um, you know, it's, it's really just for your life. It's for the rest of your life. Like what you're doing today does not just have an impact on tomorrow, but it's, it's going to have an impact on the rest of your life. So I think it just, you know, that's sort of a, a quick answer, but it also is detailed enough that hopefully gives you an idea of like, you know, why, you know, it is so important to just think about your brain and get into yeah. brain gym ASAP. I know. Well, and it's interesting because maybe the reason there's emphasis put on, put on <laughs> keeping our bodies, like our physical appearance in shape and kind yeah. of fit is because it's something that we see every day. And if exactly. we change the way we eat or we exercise, generally we see, uh, and if it, there's a cause and effect there, but mm -hmm. I don't see my brain every day. Nope. Like, it's something that none of us sees, but yet what you're saying is it's impacted by how we treat it uh, mm -hmm. over the course of years. And that statistic about, you know, the Alzheimer's kind of pre-Alzheimer's starting 30 yes. years in advance is just crazy to me. But if there's some way we can remember our brain, you know, yeah. and it's, it's true. It's true. People, people, when they go to their annual visits, if they are going to their annual visits, they're not getting brain scans, you know, they're getting weighed, uh, they're getting their cholesterol checked. Um, you know, they're getting a few other things checked, some blood work, and you're in and out in 15 minutes, you know, and, um, you know, I, that's why it's just so important, the topic that, that you guys are focusing on um, yeah. today. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that there's a lot of different ways to, to care for our brain. And, you know, uh -huh. this month I said, we're going to explore some like therapy uh -huh. and mindfulness and the support uh -huh. of medical professionals. But 
Mm -hmm. I'm hearing a ton, reading a lot about how the gut impacts mm -hmm. our brain health. So mm -hmm. that's, um, I think it's a good place to kind of transition mm -hmm. to that. So I know I'm reading that they're closely, closely related, the gut and the brain. So maybe you mm -hmm. can break that down for us. And when we hear the word gut, like, what does that mean? What is yeah, that? Mean? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So basically, you know, I sort of want to just, like you're sort of bringing up the gut, like that is in our stomach, right? But we are talking about our brain. So, right. So how is what's going on in our stomach, you know, mm -hmm. or what are in our gut is impacting what's in our brain. So you can almost say like your brain and your body are somewhat connected. Mm -hmm. So I do want to take a little bit of time to just sort of get into some science and it's not too technical, but I think it helps to sort of give you a visualization, sort of like visualize what's going on in your body, what's visualizing going on in your brain and sort of how they're connected. So, you know, first off, I'll just sort of say a little bit of a cheesy analogy, but you sort of brought up a good point about, you know, when we look in the mirror, we're always really focused on what's going on externally. So you just think of a car, right? You care about what's going on with the outside of your car. You get your car cleaned, you know, you pick out the paint color you want when you buy the car, you want it to look good, but you also put in the right gas, right? If you have a nice car, you know, you, you, you don't all of a sudden put, you know, oil in your car if it, if it needs gas, right? If it requires diesel, you put diesel in it. If it requires, you know, the higher grade, you don't put the lower grade in. You put in exactly what it needs to work. And so that sounds super simple, but it's sort of the same thing we need to be doing for our bodies, right? You can sort of think, you know, our, our engine is really our, our brain, but the food goes into our gut. So if you're putting the wrong food into your gut, your brain is not going to operate in an optimal way. So what really is the brain, right? I know that sounds weird, but if my kid asked me that a few years ago, I would have been like, uh, I don't know, let's, let's go to Wikipedia. So, you know, what I want to do is take just a few seconds to sort of go over what, what is the brain? Like, how is it operating? Um, is that okay with you? Absolutely. I'm a brain so, geek, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are on the brain basement, so... <laughs> Um, everyone get out your brain charts. Um, so basically, yeah, so the brain is basically like a complex web of electrical cells and signaling molecules, right? So you know that they're sort of constantly shooting out signals. Um, you know, your kid scratches your knee, he cries. How does he know that he's in pain? Well, yes, he saw the blood, but his brain is also sending that signal, right? So in order for our brain cells to uh, function properly, they need healthy fats, Okay, I'm going to say fat, fat, fat. They need absolutely healthy fats and essential nutrients to promote brain function, right? So unless our brain is getting those two things on a regular basis, it just makes it a lot harder for it to work. Um, and what is the source of healthy fats and essential nutrients? Well, it's the food we eat on a daily basis. Um, and if you're eating those high quality nutritious foods, you're going to be quite happy. Um, your brain is going to be quite happy. Um, and it's going to function in a better way. Um, so on the flip side, if you're eating more processed foods, it could be that your brain is not getting the food that it needs to function properly. Um, and there is, you know, starting to become mounting evidence that says that, you know, diet has an important, um, you know, impact on what's happening on the inside and how we look outside. Like we all know that, right? We know that what we eat does impact the way that we look outside. Um, but what I'm going to go over today is just how what we are eating inside is really also impacting that brain. 
Um, so, you know, like I sort of was talking about how it has these signaling um, molecules that send things, you know, throughout our body and let us sort of know what's going on. So these neurotransmitters, sort of like our chemical messengers, um, transmit all these messages throughout our body. And um, in order for these transmitters to be balanced and for the right chemical reactions to occur, like I said, you need to be eating the right foods. So um, there are several functions just that are sort of obvious for um, our brain to work. It's sort of like the central, um, you know, central computer. So that's just like a quick overview of the brain. And um, you sort of brought up what is the gut, right? Yeah. So I've sort of talked about what the gut is or what the brain is, but, you know, sort of what is your gut? So the gut is, it, you know, you guys may have heard of this uh, microbiome. Have you heard that word before? Yeah. Yep. So your microbiome, it's basically organisms that are in your stomach, in your digestive system that are bacteria and fungi, and they're sort of, they're alive and they are what is sitting in your intestinal tract. So when you eat food, that's what is, um, you know, those are the things that are actually processing, breaking down and digesting that food. Um, that's where your food is metabolized and then it's absorbed most importantly. And as that food is absorbed, it's delivered to the cells that provide your body with energy. So your brain and your body just in that simplest way are constantly sending messages back and forth between each other, separate from all these other functions. Um, but in order for your brain to send that function to the rest of your body, it's getting that initial message and energy um, from your gut. Mm. So um, it's also obviously essential in allowing the removal of waste, right? So if you're eating a bunch of crappy foods or you're constipated, um, you know, your body's going to be holding on to a lot of waste and there's just going to sort of be this block from these messages um, and good nutrients and healthy fats and getting, you know, breaking that down and all that um, going into your brain. Mm -hmm. So, um, right. So the importance of your gut goes well beyond your digestive um, health and it can also regulate your mood. And one thing that I learned over the last few years, which was really sort of mind-blowing for me was that serotonin, which is sort of your happy, um, you know, that happy hormone, everyone thinks that it's in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. They think, um, you know, like a lot of the antidepressants that are on the market, the SSRIs um, work because they increase the serotonin in your brain. Mm -hmm. And that's great, right? That, that's what you need. You need that serotonin, um, you know, that serotonin level to be working at an optimal place. What I found so fascinating is about 90% of serotonin in your body is actually developed in your gut. Mm. And 10% is developed in your brain. So while your brain is what's actually using the serotonin, it's, it's not just being developed in your, it's not just being developed in your brain. It's all over your body. And so like we've already covered, there's messaging going on between your gut and your brain and if your gut is sort of in the, just a very simple sense, sort of messed up, not working properly, the messaging is not working right. And sort of that 100% serotonin that's supposed to be working throughout your body um, is, is just going to be off. So I sort of like to say like happy brain, happy gut, happy serotonin, happy, happy me. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, sorry, back to the gut connection though. Um, so does that sort of answer sort of where that sort of connection 
that connection comes from and, and sort of what is your gut? Yeah, it does. And I guess, tell me if what I'm hearing is right. So we have the microbiome in the gut. Mm -hmm. Yep. If that environment is healthy by the mm -hmm. good stuff we're putting into it, mm -hmm. then it produces energy mm -hmm. to help our brain function mm -hmm. at its optimal. Absolutely. Level. Is that? Absolutely. Am I capturing... You are exactly so. So basically, just like you said, there's neurotransmitters in your brain. They control your feelings and emotions, but your gut bacteria produces hundreds and thousands of neurotransmitter that the brain uses to regulate exactly what you just described. That that psychological process, which we all you know sort of commonly now to refer to as sort of your mental process. So they do they do completely like you said go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. I mean, kind of going back to what we were saying before, I don't see my brain every day, but um, forever. <laughs> for, yeah, ever. But just to even remember, just yeah. to kind of visualize my body, like not what's going on, on the outside, but on the inside, like I'm going to eat this granola bar and then it's yeah. going to go to my gut and it's going to do something to the microbiome and then that's going to impact my. It is. And you know, it's, it's sort of, you just sort of made me think something, you know, we, we both have young kids and we've all had young kids at some point at various stages. And you sort of know what happens with kids at birthday parties. Like they all get that cake, you know, they're having those popsicles, those ice creams, or just like, you know, they just go nuts and they're so little and they're having, they're having that sugar and you sort of say, okay, wait a minute what, where's that food going? Well, the food is going to their gut, mm -hmm. right? Their food's not like, it's not like going upwards, right? It's going inwards. And yes, it's getting absorbed into their blood, but it is going to their, into their bellies. And that belly is sending a signal directly up to their brain that's saying, whoa, I'm wired now mm -hmm. from this sugar. This is not what I'm used to. I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with it and go nuts. And, and, you know, so that's just like a very simple way to sort of see very quickly, or even when you're drinking alcohol, right? Like you're, you know, you feel it in your brain, you're drinking, you're drinking that alcohol, you know? Um, and by the way, I'm not promoting not drinking, <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it just is, is it, is it, as an example that many people potentially can relate to or caffeine, you know, having a cup of coffee, um, you know, or just even when you like, when you eat a big meal, like we all just in a, you know, if you're an American, you just were celebrating, you know, Thanksgiving and you had that full meal and you're just, you know, you're lethargic and it's, you know, it's not the tryptophan from, from the turkey, yeah. but you just had a large meal and yes, you're maybe tired from cooking, but you, your, your, your gut is signaling to your brain constantly. I mean, we eat all day. What else? I mean, besides breathing, yeah. Right. We, and sleeping and drinking, you know, and drinking water. But the next thing we're doing the most often is, is eating. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because it's like, you know, we won't feel good at 2 PM in the afternoon. It's like, what happened? Like, mm -hmm. it's almost like something magical outside of ourselves just all of a sudden made us feel like crap. But then it's like, well, what happened an hour ago? You know, did I, yeah put something in my body that might mm -hmm. impact and it could be any number of things, but my husband and I often just, I mean, this kind of happens to us. Like 
you know, we don't feel good. And then it's like, I knew better than to eat that on an empty mm-hmm. stomach, but it's, we always say like the sugar goes right to our brains, but mm-hmm. you know, you're saying it has this huge cycle, but it, it really is, it is a very, it, you're absolutely right. It is a cycle. And you know, people sometimes say like, Oh, I eat my feelings. And that's yeah. just like, where did, th- where did that phrase come from? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's an, it's an, it's an old phrase. And, and I don't, I, I, now I'm curious, as to, I just thought of that. Like, where does, where does that even come from? But those are eat and feelings in, in, in a question. And I think, you know, your brain is, is sending signals to your stomach and, and vice versa. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, yeah, those um, turns of phrases that we've used for all these mm-hmm. years um, without even like thinking about mm-hmm. what we're saying and that there's some truth attached to all of them. Yeah. So, um, Okay, so this is fascinating. So what happens when something's not right in the gut? Um, that's a great question. Um, so we sort of just, you know, touched upon how they're connected, right? So yeah. have you heard of something called leaky gut before? Yes, it feels um, trendy. I, I feel like I'm hearing it more. Leaky gut, yes. Yeah. So basically leaky gut, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background, but leaky gut comes from inflammation in your body, right? So inflammation in your body is basically the body's way of sort of defending itself, right? Um, And sort of making itself whole. So, I mean, obviously our, our, our body is is super smart, right? It's, it's functioning on a daily basis without us, without us doing much. So basically inflammation is sort of this release of chemicals in your body when there is sort of an injury. Um, And the simplest way you can think about it, right? You get a very simple paper cut, but your skin still becomes inflamed. Um, and basically the inflammation allows blood to kind of sort of rush to the injured site and sort of start that injury process, sort of get that scar tissue developed um, and sort of kick off the healing process. So this inflammation sort of has this protective function that is aiming to protect all parts of your body. So it's not just happening you know, on the outside, but it's also happening on the inside. Um, so basically, if your gut is in constant inflammation, let's think of what's happening. You know, if your body on the outside was like constantly getting cut, I mean, it, it, you know, there would just be it, it's sort of this like chronic injury. So, you know, let's imagine if this process is sort of happening inside your body on a regular basis, you know, like we just sort of talked about. If you have a stomach ache from eating too much food or maybe you have a sensitivity, right, you know, um, let's say you sort of have a gluten sensitivity, right? You know, we haven't touched so much on specifics, right? But I'm sure you guys are familiar with the concept of sort of food sensitivities. So maybe you have a dairy sensitivity, maybe your whole life you were fine, you know, in your teens and twenties there, you know, there was no, you felt like there were no problems eating dairy, but maybe in your thirties, you're sort of saying, Hey, wait a minute, maybe dairy doesn't stick so well with me anymore. Um, So you know, basically, um, you sort of get an upset stomach. So um, anyway, so you may not notice um, all of these food sensitivities that are happening in your stomach, but if there is something off with your gut, or maybe you're eating a food that may not work for your, your stomach, you could be experiencing something called chronic inflammation. And so what that means, if you're constantly eating foods, um, that do not work for your body, right? So like I talked about at the beginning of, of the podcast, um, you know, everyone has to eat a different way, but there is generally one concept, you know, 
eating whole foods, fruits, vegetables, um, you know, healthy dairy sources, healthy poultry, meat, seafood, legumes, like all those sort of whole foods that we, that we know are just from the earth. Like if, if you're eating those things versus processed, artificial, um, you know, added sugar foods, you know, if you're just eating those added sugar foods, you're potentially experiencing, you know, sort of this constant irritation to your belly. So anyway, so if you're sort of experiencing this chronic inflammation in your gut lining, your gut never sort of has this proper chance to heal and really sort of slowly damages over time. So this constant inflammation over time is going to irritate your digestion and ultimately cause damage. Um, so some common symptoms that people get with inflammation, just to sort of bring it a little bit back to sort of what maybe people could relate to is muscle, joint pain, sort of this brain fog, fatigue, um, puffy feeling, you know, this sort of just like general puffiness um, and maybe bloating as well as depression, which sort of is what we're talking about today. Um, so, you know, feeling full after, after a big meal is, is completely normal, right? You had a lot of food, your, your belly's like, okay, you know, it's full, it's time to digest. But a sort of a constant state of bloating, you know, I sort of want to say that truthfully, that is not, our body should not be sort of in this constant state of bloating. Um, and I think over time, sometimes people sort of say, oh, well, I've been feeling like feeling this way for years. It's just, it's normal for me. You know, um, I've always sort of felt bloaty after, you know, I have the big meal or, um, you know, they, people eat out a lot, right? So, oh, I, I just, I always sort of feel this way after, but it eventually goes away, eventually goes away. So maybe that sort of forefront feeling goes away, but you're, you're, you know, the inside of yourself, you know, could still sort of be, um, you know, sort of be suffering. So anyway, so something called leaky gut, right? Sorry, I'm sort of getting off topic. But basically, if you have an unhealthy or leaky gut, the gut cells sort of hold, I know people can't see me, but I'm sort of like pushing my two, my two fists together. So your gut sort of has all these cells. And they're sort of this like really, really, really tight, like almost think of like a, a blanket, right? And if, you know, the cells in the, you know, the cells in your gut lining sort of start to have chronic inflammation over time, they're going to become weakened and they're sort of going to start to separate. So sort of picture now like a, a fine mesh strainer, right? So not everything can get through, but some things can get through. And so what's going to start happening over time is that food can get through your intestinal wall and into your gut before it's properly digested. So it is vital for the food, food that we put in our body to get properly digested. So all of the essential vitamins and minerals, the fats, um, the calories, everything can sort of do and work in its right place. But if it gets through and into your gut before it's been digested, it means that your, your gut is just going to be like, whoa, like I am not happy. This is not supposed to be here. And this doesn't go for food. This just doesn't also go for food. It could go for, for medicine that you're putting in your body. Yeah. So people, people take, you know, just truthfully, it's, and I don't want to, you know, it's not bad, but people are taking, taking medications. There's medications, whether it's aspirin, whether it's an antidepressant, whether it's, you know, insulin, whatever medicine, you know, all these things are going into your body, environmental toxins, right? Um, and, 
you know, people maybe who are living in heavily polluted cities, um, all these things that are inhaling. I mean, the only way things get into our body, I mean, obviously things can get into our skin like lotions, but the main source of the way things get into our body are through our mouth, right? Whether we're eating, drinking, or the air that we're breathing. Um, so exactly. So the leaky gut disorder means your immune system is on all of the time. It never gets a rest. And um, just sort of how we talked about a few minutes ago is if your body, if your gut is sort of in this constant state of inflammation, it's, 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 it's constantly focused on healing itself and it's going to be misfiring, right? It's going to be misfiring up to the rest of your body as well as to your brain, right? Yeah. So when people think of their stomach and they're like, oh man, I'm really having a problem digesting this food, I'm constipated, right? We think of food sort of like going in our mouth and like coming out and not to, you know, we don't need to get too gross here, right? But, you know, sadly, a lot of people also deal with just sort of with constipation, right? Um, you know, yeah. kids are dealing with constipation these days. I mean, kids are just eating way more sugar than they ever did, I will say, during my childhood. And like, I talked to my mom and she's like, oh my gosh, like, we, we didn't have this stuff when we were kids, you know? Um, and I talked to my grandma and she's just like, you know, they, they went to the market, they went to the farmer's market, they went to the cow down the street, you know, depending on where you live, like they weren't, they weren't eating these same foods that our kids are. Um, but it's not just about what's coming out after you eat the food, but it, it really is just, it's what's going up to your brain, it's what's going down to your fingertips, the way your nails are growing. Um, but I do like, I really just want to stress that we think of all the food that we eat impacting everything but it, it's also just most importantly sending these signals to our brain. So, you know, there is a very, very strong link um, in emerging science. And when I say emerging science, it just means that it's newer research, yeah. right? So um, that there is a really a link between inflammation and depression. Yeah. Well, and it's just fascinating to think, like you said, how are the foods different today that we're eating versus mm -hmm. parents, grandparents? And, and, you know, we know like the boxed foods and processed stuff, but even the fruits and vegetables that we're eating and like mm -hmm. the treatment that they get before they end up in the stores where we buy them. And, you know, when we get more into food, I'd love to hear more about that. Because yeah, yeah, I think, that, I think you bring up yeah, if we're like reaching for a carrot, I, you know, it feels like this is the right choice, but like, what's the history of that carrot? And mm -hmm. it, it wasn't what it once was and, mm -hmm. or in, in many cases. So yeah, I, I think, I think we de let's definitely put that on the, let's definitely talk that in part two, as we sort of dissect, you know, what we should be eating, what's going on in our environment, um, that's getting into our body and sort of influencing this sort of mind, body, gut, brain connection. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a good place to wrap up just a couple, you know, thoughts from what you just said. Um, I loved your analogy of blanket versus the, versus the, what did you say? The mesh. Oh, the blanket. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like you just or even think of, you know, you have pasta, right? You have like macaroni and you have like a huge strainer and you're trying to dump your macaroni pasta through the huge strainer with the huge holes and like everything gets through. And you're yeah. like, well, I should have used a smaller strainer. And like, that's what your, that's what your digestive tract is. It's, it's really supposed to be absorbing things in, in their smallest form 
once the rest of your digestive tracts uh, and once the rest of your body has actually broken down that food. And if it's getting in whole, um, and that's also why, you know, we'll cover this more closely. And that's also why so many people are also potentially developing food sensitivities. Um, you know, I've, I, I've asked my aunts and uncles, I've asked my grandmother, like, you know, like my grandmother, I remember like, well, what, what is gluten-free? She's like perplexed. Like, what do you mean? Like I grew up on eating, you know, flour, making homemade bread and biscuits. Like I don't understand. And she's just like, you know, I said, well, this wasn't common for you. And um, I think this is, this is why, you know, we sort of may, maybe not have, we may not answer this today, but and I think this is what people are still trying to figure out is that has the food changed? Has our bodies changed? Or have they sort of just worked in tandem with each other? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's sort of, I mean, it is sort of an evolutionary concept because, you know, we are developing with, with our surroundings. Um, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating to think about. Well, and I kind of want to get back to poop, but maybe we can do that in the second portion. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is all so fascinating. Um, And I think this is a good place to wrap up and kind of um, get ready for our next episode more about specifics of what types of foods we can use to take care of our brains. Um, But before we do, do you have anything else that you'd like to, to mention? Um, yeah, no, I think, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Um, but I do, I just want to leave on this one quick note, because I don't, you know, we've talked a lot about specifically, you know, what we're eating and, and not too specifically, but just the gut and sort of the brain connection. And I think it's really important to distress with, with mental illness and with the mind body connection, um, that I'm not trying to say that this is in a vacuum, right? That all of a sudden, you know, you're feeling down or you have, you know, mental, mental wealth, mental health, mental wellness is serious. Right. And, and, um, you know, that stat that we talked about at the beginning is alarming and it's serious and there's people behind that statistic. Right. So I don't want anyone to listen to this and say, so you're saying I just need to eat broccoli and, you know, all my mental problems are going to go away. Absolutely not. But what I am trying to say when it comes to mental wellness is that we focus a lot on, you know, you know, maybe sometimes people say, okay, well, I have a chemical imbalance. Um, it's in my genetics. You know, there's depression or schizophrenia or, you know, bipolar disorder in my family, right? So it's just inevitable that it's going to happen to me. Or people say, um, you know, the reason I'm, you know, struggling is, you know, I'm in an unhappy marriage or I don't like my job. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that can impact mental wellness and that's, you know, the support of therapists and relationships and, you know, spiritual leaders are also important. And I want to make sure that I stress that those things are very important, but when people go to a therapist, the therapist is not giving nutritional advice. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying here today is that as an integrative health coach, it's so important to look at all aspects of your life when you are looking to heal your mental wellness, right? Um, And that's really just what I wanna sort of leave on is just saying that it's not just important, you know, 
what you put in your body, but it is also, you know, the support that you're receiving from your community, um, as well as looking at your, you know, sort of detailed medical um, and biological background. So I just want to sort of stress that. Yeah. And finish off on that if that's okay. Absolutely. It really, it, it's holistic, right? Mm. It's not just this one gut thing. It's, it's really everything that goes together. And I think the reason we need to talk about this is that this is a huge part um, and it's a missing puzzle piece in a lot of people's sort of pathway to a more optical sort of uh, optimal um, mental place. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And it's so much of what we talk about on the podcast, really. I've, yeah, definitely. I've thought for years about my own well-being as a puzzle. So this is interesting that you just said that because I just feel like each of these things is a piece to that puzzle. And if a piece is missing, then of course there's going to be an imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love to kind of use that visual to, um, that all of the, all of these different pieces matter. Um, and we're, talking about a really important piece today. So, all right, so I'm excited to pick up where we left off. Thanks so much, Meredith. 